With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. Hey, everybody. It's Seth. We have our first sponsor today, and it's a fantastic gentleman named Alex Hillman. Good friend of mine. He released a book earlier this fall called The Tiny MBA. A hundred very short lessons about the long game of business. It's all about business and sales and why people buy money and success, branding and marketing, professional decision making, investments, dealing with your clients. And for those who don't know Alex, he started Indie Hall. I think it's one of the first, or if not the first, co working spaces in Philly, as well as in the nation, if not the world. This book is fantastic. It is 107 pages full of great knowledge. You can get through it in a half an hour, but you're going to want to go back again and again. You can pick this up at socl.bz slash tinymba. That's socl.bz slash tinymba. I can't put it down. You won't be able to either. Check it out. socl.bz slash tinymba. Thanks, guys, and thanks, Alex, for sponsoring the show. Listen to the Digital Marketing Dive podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the season two, episode nineteen of the Digital Marketing Dive podcast. I'm Seth with Goldstein Media, and with me, as always, is the amazing, talented, kick-ass. Shannon of Diam Business Consulting. I love when you throw kick ass in there. It like oh, makes the entire night every single time. Oh, I, I love it. And um, <laughs> speaking of kick ass, we have a kick ass guest tonight as well. Corey Haynes of Swipe Files fame, of a bunch of other fames as well. He's a man about the internet town and he's a seasoned marketer and brand builder. And he's going to talk to us about building community, his community, and branding his business. E-learning courses to educate people and all about his love of the no-code revolution online. Can I just say, I've been really excited about this because building brand, building community is so freaking important. And it's one of those things for small business owners, they literally have no idea how to do. No idea whatsoever. Oh, they're they're in the headlights. Yeah, that's exactly right. Corey, you're a rock star. We're super excited to have you. Thanks yes. for having me. Yeah, really excited to uh, to help out and share everything I can. I'm an open book. Perfect. 
Uh, there you go. So tell us a little about who is Corey Haynes. I'll give you like the, the, the three minute rundown. Mainly my experience has been in B2B SaaS marketing. So out of college, I started working at startups. Most recently was the head of growth at Bear Metrics, which is like a SaaS analytics tool for other SaaS companies. Very, very meta. Uh, but I've been interested in, in marketing for a long time. I actually majored in marketing, although I didn't take a lot away from that experience. I've done a lot of consulting. I have a job board for marketers, created a couple of courses for marketing. Swipe Files now is a, basically like a slew of courses, content, and mainly a community around marketing. A really and, good community. Um, Really yeah, good. so marketing's marketing is my thing. Uh, I love marketing. I love the psychology of marketing, frameworks, mental models. I also love community, and you know, I think that I, one of my podcasts is called "Everything Is Marketing." So that's kind of core to my thesis that a lot of things actually are marketing. You know, bringing your work to the world, uh, influencing people, sharing your ideas. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, that's sort of me in a, in a nutshell. And so, before becoming an entrepreneur, you're at Parametrics. But what was it like? I mean, I like asking this because I've been an entrepreneur for. 13 years now so and i had a quick quick stint in corporate america in the middle of that so i can't say a straight 13 years but close enough and what was it like leaving and not well a nine to five ish job mm-hmm. and entering the the world of small business ownership and entrepreneurship what was that like for you i mean it was really scary at first uh before i sort of made the leap as it were i was really really scared i mean i wasn't wasn't scared that I would, uh, I, I knew I would eventually figure it out, right? But I wanted to make my transition as smooth as possible and um, sort of hit the ground running and make sure I had my, my, my I's dotted and my T's crossed or however the saying goes. And so I, I remember, you know, a few months before I started working on some other projects, I was ramping up swipe files. I was, you know, dipping my toe uh, into consulting a little bit. And I remember thinking like, oh, just the timing never really feels right. And someone told me it's like having a kid, like it's just never going to be like the perfect time no. or it's same like as, no. as buying a house, never going to be the perfect time. So I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. And so uh, September, 2020 last year uh, made the leap, went out full time uh, immediately. So, you know, I, I've been active on Twitter and I have a personal site and a newsletter and I've already been working on swipe files. And so I announced that I was, you know, leaving and kind of go work on my own stuff full time. And I was just like overwhelmed with the response. And actually, uh, kind of all my fears were quenched because I had way too many consulting leads and a lot of people wow. now interested in what I was working in and just like all this momentum kind of going in my way. And I was like, man, you know, I could have done it earlier. I think the timing was really great for me personally. And so I don't have any regrets about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, scary as ever, still very hard. I think actually one of the hardest parts is um, when you're working on something on the side and then it becomes your main thing. It's hard to like get in that mental space of, oh, this is my main thing now. Like this is my my job, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, you, you it, it can it's easy to stay as like, oh, that's just my side project, and I have multiple side projects. And that's actually more about it, what I've been thinking about recently is like, just need to double down, need to really treat this as something um, a little bit more sustainable and real. And now I have some of the numbers behind it that make me, you know, feel like obligated to really support it and really mm-hmm. treat things more seriously. But uh, in the beginning, it's definitely weird. You're like, oh, I can just like, you know, I set my own like to do's and like I choose what to work on and how long to work. And especially those first three months, like you can ask my wife, September through December, I don't think I've ever worked more in my entire life. It was just oh like, go, go, go. Well, it's interesting you say that because we were actually just having a conversation um, around that whole thing when, you know, 
when I started my company, there were very few of us. And now there's a lot more of us. And and going through that process, it's all about mindset. Oh, yeah. How and, and growing through that position and as entrepreneurs, us growing, our businesses and our companies are only going to grow at the rate that we do and, and change that mindset. So what do you do to work on that mindset and, and to really grow through that position? Yeah, my my friend, uh, Derek Reimer, who I, actually I work with him consulting uh, for Savvy Cow, it's like the, my, my main consulting gig. Uh, he has this tweet on his profile. I think it gives something like building a product or like product work is disappointing your users and customers at an acceptable rate. And I think I, I tweeted it. something after that. I was like, entrepreneurship is disappointing yourself at an acceptable rate. Yeah. And so it's so true. Yeah. I mean, the to-do list is always endless. I never finished the day feeling like I got everything I wanted to done, you know, did. the week, the, uh, the month, the year. And so really, I think it's getting comfortable with kind of this, not being like on a treadmill, but it's just the work's never going to be done. Right. And so you have to just you know, I, I can never relax, get comfortable with being uncomfortable a little bit. Um, but also, yeah, it's, it's really like uh, an exercise of mental health and yeah. like vision. And, Speaking and of mental health, how was your vacation? Was that your first <laughs> yeah. vacation? You just, you just went down down south and, you know, knowing, knowing you, was it your first vacation since becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, I think it was my second. Actually, ironically, like, we had already had this trip planned since like January of 2020. Uh, but like two weeks after I left Brandmetrics, we went on a vacation to Colorado for a few days. That felt really, really weird. I still like worked there. But this was my first vacation where I really unplugged and I didn't go on Twitter or email. Or yeah, something. I was I was proud of you. <laughs> I was like, that's the, and I was watching. I still checked into the community, but I, mo I mostly left. Uh, you, you, know, you were very and, quiet. I like, and yeah. I was very proud of you because a lot of us can't do it. Like I'm going, I'm going to South Carolina this summer. I told my wife partially for my sanity because it's gonna be my whole wife's family. I love them, but you know, I'm I'm like I'm gonna be working most of the time. Yeah. And but the thing is Hard. that it's it's a toss up, you know. So but actually, having a job is like having a, it's like having a kid too. So. Yeah. Right. Right. The the work never stops. I'm actually I'm planning this December to take the complete uh, the month off completely nice. because. I, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading and um, actually there's some interesting studies around getting to a mental state of vacationing. Yeah. And actually most people don't feel relaxed and kind of unplug mentally from their work, especially if they're like a knowledge worker and do work online until seven days. And so most it's people so take true. a week off and then like right when they're the most relaxed, then they jump on a plane and go back home right back. Get on their computer right. the, the next day. It's and so, so uh, even two weeks, you know, can feel like you're just kind of getting the groove of things. And so December is my goal to take the month off, not to just, you know, not to not do anything, but to do more creative things, to work on stuff, you know, to not check email that much, to not really do work, work as we're doing different things, basically. Um, like but that. also like that. vacation. Well, and I, would, I, I would love to do that. It is such a huge thing and dichotomy when it comes to entrepreneurship, right? It's supposed to bring us all this freedom and this independence and that, the reason we yeah. do it we've got that time and independence but so many entrepreneurs end up getting sucked into that vortex and it just overwhelms their entire life and then burnout comes and from that constant amount of stress that we don't step away from and right. so i love that you are being proactive in this entrepreneurial journey and saying you know what this is what i need this is what we're headed for mm -hmm. and this is what we're doing well done sir yeah 
Thank well you. Yeah, I mean, well it was it was on a, the podcast. So I do another podcast called Default Alive with my friend Chris. Yeah. And it's basically documenting our journey to getting to Default Alive, which is an old thing by Paul Graham. He's like, we startups either Default Alive or Default Dead, and it's basically becoming profitable and sustainable as a business. Love it. And so Love it. he got there in December. He just had a baby in January, and he took two months. About so he went from five. Default Alive to back into the rigmarole, something completely right. A little bit. I, I'm still in the thick of you know getting to Default Alive. I, I have this. Uh, Thousand True Fans public experiment where you can go to swaphouse.com slash open and you can see like, okay, this year my goal is to get to a thousand paid members for swipe files. In December of last year, we were talking about it. And like I said, I was working a lot during that three month kind of stint. And I was like, you know what? This is not like the way that I want things to work. Like I wish I was like, you know what? Next December, I'm going to take the month off. And now I'm going to work towards that goal for the rest of the year to get here. And even though if I don't make like the goal because of it, that's okay, right? Most goals are arbitrary, but at least I have uh, both of those things to work towards. Well, yeah. and, I mean, in reality, if we're not taking care of our mental health, if we're not taking care of our physical health, if we're not mm-hmm. setting ourselves up to take care of ourselves like you are, right? That's when we fail at the business. We fail because we end up getting burnt out. We fail our teams. Yeah. We fail all of that. And so it is so hard to get that across a small business owner. Sometimes you can only push yourself to a mentally, physically, emotionally to a certain point, and then your body takes over. It's, it's, we have limited resources when it comes to that stuff. And if we're not taking care of ourselves first, and I'm the first to admit that I am not great at it at times. (laughs) No one is. I'm working on it, right? I'm working on it. To your credit, Shannon, to your credit, we've known each other for what, six months now. I've seen you go from like having a hold of it to having no control over it to Back to now where you're literally, you're hang of it. And you're saying like, I need the X, Y, and Z to get through the day, to get through the week. You're realizing that I'm giving all my clients executive assistance. Yeah. I need one, crying out loud. And like that you are your own client in a way. And, I, and that's what I love about you. That's what I love well, about Corey. That you guys are realizing that you need this. And honestly, I mean, as far as me goes, personally, I realized I need a health coach. I need a business coach. I need a mindset coach, right? Mm-hmm. Because those are the areas that I've got to be brought back to because this passion will keep going as far as the business until I hit a brick wall and then mm-hmm. the way it goes. Yeah. So Corey, we talk about this. What was already mentioned the word swipe file a bunch of times. <laughs> what in God's green earth is a swipe file? I didn't really know what a swipe right. file was until Alex Tillman showed his post, which is like, if you type swipe file in, his life hacker article from like 20, 2012 comes up about what a swipe mm-hmm. file is. And through him and through Matt Medeiros, who will be on the show a little later down, I, I discovered you through that. But then I was like, swipe files, and it's brilliant. So tell us a little bit about what a swipe file is and what your swipe file thing is. Yeah, so swipe file is basically this jargony word that us marketers made up as we do and make up all sorts of words and terms and categories. Um, but basically it's like designers have mood boards. Um, if you're into like personal knowledge management or if you're like an author, you might've heard of something called a Zettelkasten, which is like a way to organize and collect and capture knowledge. And a swipe file is basically uh, a marketer's way of finding things that are inspiring and then collecting them and being able to reference them in some way. So you know, you see a landing page or an ad or an email that you like, you want to save it for later, you swipe it into your file. That way you can reference it for later, right? And now, so basically the story goes that it was uh, December of two years ago and I was spinning up the affiliate program for Bear Metrics, And I was like, what the heck goes on a landing page 
for an affiliate program to get people to sign up as affiliate partners. I don't know. I've never done that before. Like, I don't want to just throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks and just like guess, you know, I'm never, I, but I also, I hate reinventing the wheel. I hate just like guessing. I hate trying to figure out things from, from scratch. And you, and you don't so, need to with the web nowadays either. It's all right. been done. <laughs> exactly. So, so what I did was I went and looked at other affiliate programs I knew from other SaaS companies. I went from, I went to affiliate marketers and other people who I knew were sort of in charge of affiliate programs. I said, Hey, why'd you put this on your page or why'd you structure it this way? Or what have you found works or doesn't work? Or how did you change it over time? And then I felt like, Oh, I have a good idea of what should go on here now and how this should mm -hmm. look. And here's like some good examples. And I think actually ConvertKit's affiliate landing page is probably the best out there personally from what yeah. I've seen and for how well it works as well. So then I wrote down this idea, I keep this log of business ideas and book ideas and content ideas. And uh, so I just wrote, you know, like a swipe file, you know, curated, a library of marketing examples with commentary and one mixer because one of the other things too is mm -hmm. that there are sites and there you can look all over the place around um even i have you know a swipe file i don't really I, it's all in my head right and so yeah. if i'm looking at someone else's swipe file, i don't know why they like grabbed that thing or, or what's good about it i want to know hey what makes this this affiliate landing mm -hmm. page by convertkit great you know why did we have these sections here and so the original idea for swipe files is basically um these teardowns on landing pages, emails, ads, so that not only can you swipe the actual example, but also you know why it works, you know what to take away from it. Even the flaws or the little things that you might wanna mm -hmm. tweak for yourself. For about like 30 or 40 weeks straight, I wrote a teardown every week. And wow. then when I left Bear Metrics, uh, I knew I also had this idea for a community because I always had a hard time plugging into marketing community because they were free and kind of spammy or maybe they were like really high ticket and you know out of my budget so i was like you know what? i'm just going to make this for myself and decided to bundle it under swipe files um really put a lot of focus there on the community and now the community is like the main thing the teardowns have kind of i know I, i've those. actually noticed that i don't know the last time i looked at the teardowns to be honest yeah i want to put them always, up again i'm in the community every single day talking harassing Corey about something or whatever <laughs> but I look at your teardowns in the community, but I keep forgetting that there's a whole plethora of awesome stuff over at swipefiles.com, not community.swipefiles.com. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's it's all being pieced together slowly. It's all a work in progress. That's part of the reason why I'm looking to delegate and outsource a little bit more because sure. I can only write so many teardowns. I wrote like 50 in a matter of 30 weeks, and I was just like, oh, I, you know, this is brutal. Yeah. Um, this is really, really I'm hard. I'm impressed you stuck with it. A lot yeah. of people will be like, well, not. And and I wouldn't have gotten to where I was with the community without it because the way I started the community was basically I said, hey, is anyone interested in this? Like, are you a part of the community? Or are you not? Why or why not? Let me have a conversation mm -hmm. with you. And so I just asked both my Twitter following, which I also grew up the back of right in the teardowns, and the email list, which I grew up the back of the teardowns. And that's how the community jump started. But then really took a life of its own and I wanted to pour a lot more into it. Still want to and need to. It feels like it's still early innings for for what we're doing. But anyways, the teardowns now are something I want to get back to. But that's that's the original concept behind it. Entrepreneurs who are in this journey and they need to really dive into marketing and, and what that looks like. And they may not necessarily have that marketing um, experience or mind or skill set or whatever. What does swipe files do for them? in a very broken down piece by piece, here's here's what this will do for you in your marketing journey. So I'll tell you a little bit about 
I think what's like today and also what kind of the vision is a little bit too, but, um, part of it is definitely learning through example. And I think there's, you know, you can Google around, you can find lots of blog posts and like step-by-step here's how to, we won't really learn except for by doing it yourself or through sort of reverse engineering how something works. And Mm -hmm. so for a lot of the teardowns, for example, that's a lot of, you know, teaching through example basically of like okay let's take this landing page and then let's break it down and see why this thing is good okay here's the headline here's the navigation here's the call to action oh look at the social proof look at how they formatted or use quotes in this place or look how they address people's objections or look at kind of the, the feature and the benefits of how they compare themselves against competitors and so that way it really starts to make sense through example instead of just in theory through a lot of you know, books and podcasts and other things that you might right. hear about. The community itself, though, is, uh, again, a really core part of it because, again, once you start doing it, you don't want to just do it alone because right. you're going to make mistakes. You want to get feedback. Mm-hmm. You want to ask. You want to set yourself up for success. And so I think having a group of people who you can fall back on and who you can ask questions and just like a, a support group, right, to, mm-hmm. uh, to help you is one of those first parts as well, which is why actually one of the things we do is a Think Tank Thursday. It's not every week, but basically we highlight and sort of feature a business and then we crowdsource marketing ideas and advice and critiques for them. Right. And so that way, again, we're kind of like jumpstarting and trying to provide for each other. The, the vision of the future is to really build out a lot more of the content as well. So I have two courses, but they're pretty niche. Like one is mental models for marketing, which is probably more advanced. Like I wouldn't expect people to start there. It, it's not like, you know, the most advanced thing in the world, but it's also maybe not like I don't send my friends there, you know. Uh, the other one is refactoring growth, which is very niche around B2B SaaS marketing. That okay. basically was encapsulating everything I learned through my experience at Bear Metrics and getting to talk to basically thousands of founders and operators and getting the inside look mm-hmm. at their business. But now I want to create a lot more content through the newsletter, create more courses, ebooks, and really flesh out so that yeah. there's something for everyone. I love it. So you talked about your podcasts. You have a couple of them, correct? Yeah, two. Okay. So I'll talk about those. Yeah. So one of them is Default Alive. And as I mentioned before, I do with my friend, yeah. Chris, he's the founder of JetBoost. Funny story there actually is he's also here in San Diego. And we oh, met right. through a meetup group that I started called the Indie Hackers of San Diego, which is basically uh, IndieHackers.com kind of people in tech who want to do like independent online businesses. Sure. And uh, so we started a little face or a little Slack group. And then um, I started this no code job board called Hey Marketers. And then he was like, Hey, why don't like, why can't you search or filter? Um, Webflow doesn't allow you to do it. And so he, he was like, Oh, put this little script on your site and see if it works. And it magically did. And then I, wa- I went out and I wrote a bunch of articles about how I built Hey Marketers. And then I had this constant stream of people asking me like, Hey, like loved the article and, you know, I cloned your, your template, but I can't figure out how to get the search and filtering. Right. I was like, Oh, you're going to have to ask my friend, Chris. And that ended up becoming JetBoost, which is now like a full, full blown business. And there's two employees now and everything. I love his story because a lot of people know WordPress and they know how WordPress has the whole ecosystem around it. It's nice to see a note. I'd still say Jet, I'd still say Webflow is a little bit code, no code. You have to know a little CSS to really make it sing. But I like to see that there's things built around that as well. There's a whole other ecosystem in a newer technology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. So, so that's Default Alive. And then Everything is Marketing is fairly newer. That one's okay. uh, just launched in February. Um, it's basically an interview-based podcast around marketing. My core kind of thesis and pillar around Swipe Files is that the best inspiration comes from 
unexpected places. And it's really good to have a diverse set of inspiration and industries and voices around you. And so like for the community, I want lots of different types of people, different, you know, backgrounds and skill sets and different things that they're working on. Uh, for the teardowns, I try to be very diverse around what I source for. And you, if you want to be really like cutting edge, you have to get outside of your own echo chamber, right? right uh, same thing for the podcast. And so instead of it being like the B2B SaaS marketing podcast or the e-commerce, you know, email marketing podcast, everything is marketing. And I bring in a lot of different people from different backgrounds. That way we can surface the best ideas. And um, it's sort of what I would want in a marketing podcast. Again, it's really good. And you, edge, get the, and, you get the, and you get the smooth jazz voice, of course. Right. <laughs> it's actually probably the most relaxing marketing podcast I listen to. It actually calms oh, me you, down. It's exactly well, I don't talk too much in there also. <laughs> What's that? I said, I don't talk too much in there. Uh, I try no, to, it's a very, it's a very, talking, no, it's but, good. It's good. Yeah. So you're, so you're also a big proponent to kind of go back to Webflow and all, all the tools you have out there. Yeah. You're a big proponent of the no code movement or low code, no code movement. Well, number one, why that versus something that's like Drupal or Joomla? And I don't, you see, I don't put WordPress necessarily up there with those crazy CMSs, but like what, like how, how can the no code movement, low code movement, help a small business owner and entrepreneur? I mean, it's pretty simple, like move faster, do things you couldn't do before, be more independent mm -hmm. uh, and be more sort of autonomous. Like how I got my start was I'm an entrepreneurial guy, obviously. I've wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was 19, but I have no, I'm a terrible designer. Uh, I have no programming chops. Uh, I, I really have no like product design experience or expertise either. And so I'm just like stuck because like, what do I make myself? Unless I'd have to partner with someone, which is not a bad idea at all. But if I just wanted to tinker and make stuff and just get things out there, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Well, no code is basically a way for people like me to still be able to ship stuff and create things without the trouble of learning to be a designer or a programmer or having to partner with someone else. And Again, that's not a bad thing, but it's just there's trade-offs there. And so I really love no code because I think it democratizes access to the creator economy and to being people. Starting. I think it also just makes people really quick and fast. Like I tell all my marketing friends, you have to get on Webflow because uh, every startup I've been on was based off of WordPress. Mm -hmm. And anytime we want to make a change, you have to ask yeah. the designer who then goes and tells the, de the developer what to do. Um, and sure, there are like some you know, website builders, but they're not really. It's not low, it's not no code. It's, it's really a low code tool. Right. And you usually end up breaking something or it doesn't look exactly you how you always want it. break something unless you know what you're doing. And even then you break something. Right. Yeah. It, you, you fix something and then you break something else. And so I, I tell people to use Webflow because it, it gives marketing teams, especially a lot more autonomy. You can then go and do it yourself or you can tell the designer, the designer doesn't have to go to the developer and you can make changes really quickly. Like I remember Appermetrics, it's not a knock on them at all, but spinning up a new page for like that affiliate program, for example, took like a month because it was like, oh, well, it's in the, it's in the, the, the backlog of behind all these feature requests and bug reports. And mm -hmm. of course it's going to take a while. Right. And then even then it was like, it, it takes a lot, a couple of days just to like code up at the page mm -hmm. from scratch. Right. And so right. If we were on Webflow, we could have outsourced that very easily, could have done it myself, could have used some sort of UI kit, and it just allows you to um, to work a lot faster and ship things, and speed is everything, and uh, so oh, I've never compromised that. Absolutely, and that's entrepreneurs who master 
being able to stay in that speed and in their passion and mm -hmm. their energy. Those are the ones who are really able to make very quick and sustainable gains. Yeah. The other, the other side of that coin too is automation, which uh, basically saves you time and work. You know, yeah. like oh, I, I'm a huge proponent of Zapier and Integramat and like all of those kind of like automation data connector kind of tools because it allows you to, it just, it just takes work out of the equation. It saves you time. Like I have yes. a whole ever growing list of zaps that probably oh. save me. I think actually they send you an email to go look and see, but they kind of like try to quantify like, here's how much time you save this week. And it's in the hours, which is hours back into my wow. day, into my week that I didn't right. have before. And that's huge. Absolutely. Yeah, I have to learn Zapier more. I got, I got really into Ifis and that, which is another one of them. Yeah. But Zaps seem to be that on steroids. And I pay for Zapier. Don't get me wrong. And I, I have to sit down one day and just, it's almost too logical for my illogical brain. <laughs> and Believe it or not, Zapier is the simple one. Integramat, Parabola, and all these other ones. Oh, I know more... it can get worse. Oh, yeah. it goes way, like way it's this and that, then Zapier, and then the fence is just to the moon with other things. What's your favorite no code tool besides Webflow? Um, probably, probably Zapier. Um, otherwise, I'd have to say, like, you know, I, I have my site on uh, member stack, which handles, you know, basically is like a layer on top of Webflow that handles all the membership kind of stuff and gates content. There's also Outseta, which is great and fantastic. Member space is another one. Yeah. Those are really, really core tools that allow you to, you know, build a site like mine, uh, where people always comment like, oh, who built your site? And I'm like, I did. And they're like, oh, how does it work? And how'd you have this whole sign up flow? I'm like, I just dropped a piece of code on the site. Like it's, it, there's really not that much yeah. to it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great. I was going to say, I love it. I love, and this is very tangible things that our entrepreneurs and small business owners can latch hold of and do because the marketing world and digital marketing world changes so quickly. And without having exposure to that, a lot of times, you know, it, it's very overwhelming. And so mm -hmm. I appreciate that you are giving these helpful resources for people to kind of latch hold of and research mm -hmm. and move forward. in because there's so many resources out there and it's so overwhelming. It is. It is. Now, here's another thing I think a lot of people are, are wondering. I mean, you're married and you have a kid dog. You know, your, your kid's a dog right now. And I, how do you make sure, I mean, I, as an entrepreneur myself, I always find trouble with this as well, is how do you find time for your wife, for your dog, for the vacation you just took? Like, how do you make, how do you make sure you prioritize all this? And also, do you do the other love of, of your life, which is your job and your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I definitely don't have things figured out. Um, I'll tell you what what I, I've done from experience because that's all I can really talk about. But um, I think one of the the first things is that it, it is a juggling act, right? It's not perfect. So you kind of, again, have to um, disappoint yourself at a rate that's acceptable and just know that it's never going to be, you know, perfect. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you about my week. Like, so I do all my like recording and uh, podcasting stuff on Mondays and Tuesdays. And uh, so allows me, allows me to kind of batch and do all that kind of all in these kind of two day span. I do other things in between and a lot of admin stuff, community stuff, et cetera. But mm -hmm. I do all that on just those two days. Wednesdays are like my meetings day. So I have a couple of coaching slash mentoring clients, you know, consulting gigs, workshops, um, just like catching up with friends online podcast recordings usually on Wednesdays. And that allows me to just Wednesdays, like my meeting day, I'm an introvert. And so 
like talking to people and meetings are an energy expender. So if I have a meeting on my day, uh, in my day at noon, that just like throws me for a wrench for like the entire day. I can't get anything else done because I, well, we don't know what that's about it up <laughs> into the meeting or after the meeting, I'm tired and I don't want to actually do my work. So I batch them all on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and I usually do most of my, yeah. And then I'm exhausted and I go and fall on the couch and my wife knows to look, she's like, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're exhausted. And so uh, Wednesdays is like a usual routine there. Thursdays, I do a lot of my consulting. Uh, and then Fridays are just like tie up loose ends and do all the other things that I didn't get to, which is a lot of things usually. <laughs> um, but the, the other side of that is that, um, again, I don't have kids. So my schedule is pretty flexible. Sometimes I'll wake up extra early or, or, or I'll wait or um, I'll work extra late. My wife is also entrepreneurial and she knows oh. her working tours. And so she doesn't have a problem with, you know, Monday nights, for example, for the last like three years uh, have been like my, my work night, uh, Tuesday nights, a lot of time as well. Uh, and just sometimes on Saturday mornings, you know, I'll, I'll work a bit or if she's gone, I'll work. She's going to be out of town this weekend. So I plan on working a little bit extra to catch up from my vacation this weekend. Um, yeah. So things like that, you try to get some, some extra hours in, but otherwise it's just being kind of as productive as you can be. Um, I, I do most of my note taking and task management in Rome research as well as notion a little bit. Mm -hmm. I save a lot of things through my mind and, uh, uh, and mail brew to help with like kind of my information. I diet. love mail brew. Oh my God. Yeah. I love mail brew. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, and then I, I get to work, I crank things out and try to get to as much done as possible. But, um, I, I think the other thing too, is that I, I usually work in sprints. And so mm. instead of being like a marathon where I'm like constantly juggling things, I'll, I'll really focus on something for a while. Like when I was getting the podcast up and running, that was like the majority of where my time was going for about two months. When I was first getting, getting the community up and running, that's what I was doing for about two months. When I created the courses, it was those two months for each one was completely dedicated to wow, the courses. Yeah. When I you know launched the job board, I was really focused on the job board for about four months. But then... I let the, the gas pedal off. I do a little more delegation or I'll just let it sit for a while and I'll focus on, on something else. So that way I I'm do not the same thing I, everything. in order to move forward in several things at once. Like you said, that marathon, I don't do well with when I am energized and passionate about something. I know I move forward and I move forward very, very quickly on it. And, and I, it gets done mm -hmm. and then I move on to the next thing. So I 100% understand what you're saying. That's there. awesome. Yeah. Now, on that note, let's thank our our sponsor. We want to shout out Breezy Masks because, you know, we're still we're getting through this pandemic. You know, we're still dealing with it. You know, we still need to wear masks. And I can I can say right now, I can't imagine. I can't believe every time we go to a playground, how many kids are not wearing masks right now. Whole nother subject. We'll leave that alone. They they should all go to Breezy Masks, and the link is in the show notes because you need to wear a mask. Doesn't mean you have to be uncomfortable. Um, that's where they come in. They have silver nano protection. They are breathable, lightweight, and most of the time fog-free. They probably won't be this weekend with you or this week with you, Shannon. The three <laughs> inches the of snow. The three inches of snow we're supposed to get tonight? In no. April, like, go figure Ohio is the way it is. And no one, no one has perfect weather like, like, like Corey does. But, you know, in San Diego there. But, you know, they have two versions. The Exchange, which is five layers of protection with silver nano technology. And they have the Sport, which is more breathable. With two layers of protection. Um, so check them out. The links in the show notes and back to the show. And actually, speaking of COVID, how have you been doing this past year, Corey? We're we're just getting out of it. And how's that? Because you 
we all kind of dealt with it differently. We all kind of like, how, how, how's it been? Yeah. I mean, Swifel is just my COVID baby. So (laughs) I have COVID to thank for that because I had a lot of extra time to move towards that. It was, um, that was, you know, my stretch of time where it was like, you know, 30 something weeks straight, I was writing a tear down and I had a lot of extra time, you know, late nights and weekends to work on something else because I was still at Barometrics and I was doing that on the side. Honestly, I don't think COVID has been too terrible for us, to be honest. Yeah. My wife and I both lost a bunch of weight and like got back into fitness and we were sort of like eating really healthy because we couldn't eat out all the time. Yeah. started swipe files. My wife started a handmade jewelry business. Oh, wow. Um, we, you know, we got closer and still have managed to you know, see our family a whole bunch. I would say though, around November, December, January, I was just like, man, this is really, really rough. Like I need things to go back to normal. I need to get outside. I hadn't, you know, I love playing basketball. I love being outdoors. I love just going out and doing stuff. I'm like an action guy. I just want to like go out and I want to hang out with friends, do poker nights. And I was just dying for that kind of stuff. So now I would say in the last like month or two we've really been able to do that started playing basketball again friday nights with my friends doing poker nights we got a poker night get this for the saturday <laughs> and now yeah. i'm doing better but I, I would say like in the beginning like the first half it was kind of easy breezy yeah, second half started that. to feel a bit rougher uh, but overall we've been really really fortunate yeah i noticed that too i noticed in the very beginning it was kind of an adventure an ill-fitted terrible horrendous scary <laughs> adventure it was a but challenge. I know yeah. It was a challenge, but it was, I wasn't sick of my kid yet, I guess is what I, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. And literally, with all of us, three of us been, being in the house at the same time, you were three in your house, one's a canine, so you can tell him to kind of just go sit down somewhere. Oh, he loved it. <laughs> I'm sure he, I mean, I'm sure like if you had to go back to a job now, he, he'd suffer because he's still used to having his family at home. I mean, yeah. It's it's interesting. I always like asking the question. And eventually, that question is going to get old. But now that we're just sort of getting out, of it, I like to hear how all these entrepreneurs are kind of dealing with it because it's so different. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, Corey, this has been great. So, anyhow, this is so much fun, Corey. Thank you so much. You have all your links in the, in the show notes. Um, you know, we want to thank Breezy Masks. We want to thank Alex Hillman is actually our title sponsor of his tiny MBA. We want to thank to him. We want to thank. Our hosts, Flywheel and Castos. We want to thank Shannon for being kick-ass. <laughs> Twice tonight. I Twice like Twice tonight, exactly. I so, like if, so if you're enjoying the show and you want to look at see two other good shows, check out Default Alive and everything is marketing because you'd be surprised. Everything tends to be marketing. Even if you don't know it, it's, it is. But also yeah. leave us a review of a digital marketing dive in the pod directory of your choice. Podchaser is a great place. It's, it's not in the Apple ecosystem where you're stuck. You know, I prefer Podchaser, but I'm not going to be, uh, beggars can't be choosers. Review us wherever you want to review us. Let us know. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Hello at Digital Marketing Dive. We also have a community where there's a lot of lurkers, not a lot of talking yet, but um, it'll get there. Community.dmd.fm. So feel free to join in there and we'll see you on the flip side. Thanks for having me. Have a great night. Thank you, Corey. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.